My friend's on dialysis. We need to see if we're a match. Welcome to the second episode of Vital Connections. I'm your host, Alan Vickers, and this is an exciting episode for me. The person you're about to hear from next is someone who is giving me a new lease, not leash, a new lease on life. This is one of my friends. We're about to hit our 10 years of a friendship that has grown from a small news station and a small news car talking about a... A basketball team that was not good um and it has grown to levels that i mean it just is mind-boggling leaves me speechless sometimes i'm introducing to you cody Leibowitz. hey cody hey alan I, I i like that intro the uh the the aspect of uh trusting the process uh, uh, and it means a lot more beyond just a basketball team our relationship started in early february um i was going to start at a news station in salisbury maryland and i thought i knew someone and that person that helped get me the job was not at the job when i walked through the front door the first day we talked on the phone just uh like the day earlier than that and you're like wait a second it was a very confusing um couple months for me but i ended up under your wing for the majority of maybe i would say like six months up until you left so I need for you to tell the audience when you first saw me walk in and you knew I didn't know anything, what were your thoughts when I just first walked in? I thought it was another Penn Stater and this was great, right? Like it's another person who I could connect to in, in just our own uh, lived experiences in life, right? Just just fresh out of college, me now a couple years out of college, you uh, a year, uh, graduating a year after me. And just having similar experience in that, both from the Northeast, both from the Philly region. And uh, I grew up in Florida, but family is from Philly and you're just outside. You're in uh, South Jersey, Cherry Hill area. So basically Philly, um, Philly adjacent. And so is someone who I could connect with. You were someone I could connect with. And we were both raw. We were both green, right? This is your first news job and, and wanting to learn and wanting to grow and this is my first on-air job, and I was still raw on air. I was still very green. So it was just a way for us to, even in a short period of time before I left to go to my next market, for both of us to just learn together and, and, and try to better understand how to report, how to be a journalist, how to be a video journalist and an on-air journalist. So you were there for up until, what, around like July? Like a little till after July, that's when you left for greener pastures and left me by myself to figure out the news age, news world by myself. I said, see ya. <laughs> um, okay. So, but that whole time where you different jobs and traveled across America back and forth, we still stayed in touch, whether that was through basketball, whether that was for advice and news, why was it important for you to keep this uh, relationship we were friends i mean it was it was you know one of those connections that at you know first conversation right even on the phone the day before you started your job um because we we both just wanted to learn and wanted to mm -hmm. grow so there was instant connection that way both of us wanting to be journalists no matter how that looked whether that was on air whether that was behind the scenes 
the Philadelphia connection, the Penn State connection, our love of basketball, our love of sport, um, music, right? Just talking about life. It was just a, I, I knew instantly that you were going to be a close friend. And we constantly talked. We constantly spitball ideas and, and where we wanted to see the news industry and where we wanted to take our careers or where we had hoped to take our careers and whether you called me for advice right um and and in and, and wanting to go on air or whether i would call to <laughs> talk to you about different stories and and where i where you think uh scripting or or mm. different shots that we should get for a particular story for something that's long form, just because you and I would work on that when, when I was mm-hmm. at 47 ABC. So it was just a lot, right? Like it was just a way to continue a friendship uh, that's turned into, you know, a third of our lives at this point. So there was a point it was during the pandemic or I think right after um, you are founder CEO at bird mind, which is a documentary documentary agency film crew you guys travel the world at this point i would say went on some pretty cool adventures can you just tell our audience just a little bit about bird mine right yeah so um one of our our one of my really good friends who also worked in the industry uh allison and i co-founded this company called bird mine to at first tell social justice driven documentaries that was the that's the plan and that's turned into a documentary and a narrative film so mm. we founded this company with that in mind and we've been fortunate enough to uh, travel the world uh, go to africa go to mount kilimanjaro for a documentary uh, about uh, disability disability justice uh, and mental health and also start writing and start directing narrative film. Uh, it's been, we, we started it over the pandemic because I, I had just checked in with Allison. I, I, her and I had talked about documentary for a long time. I know that you and I also had talked about, mm-hmm. you know, long form journalism, but her and I started talking about documentary for a very long time because it's where we wanted to see local news and news in general, just take journalism, that long form investigative and our love for film and our love for news and wanted to do documentary but we didn't know how right we worked in local news we weren't in the film industry and then i checked in with her uh, a month into the pandemic a month into the lockdowns in in california just to see how life was and she was furloughed from her job and so on a whim i said why don't we start our documentary company that we've been talking about she thought about it for about a week and she was on board and and the rest is history at that time and I was working a full-time job, so she took on a lot of responsibilities for the last three years, helping lead and at times leading uh, our company to get to the stage where we are right now, where we have two films in post-production. That's incredible. And during for the Mount Kilimanjaro one, this is kind of how the story evolves, because you called me and were like, hey, you know, you want to come to Africa with me, climb a mountain? <laughs> and, and you know i was afraid i'm afraid of heights but i think there was something uh bigger looming on my shoulder that i really didn't know how to tell you i at first you know i had been diagnosed with kidney failure but besides like my family my immediate family how do you tell someone that what do you say like hey yeah sure i can't i'm sorry my kidneys are failing 
Right. That's it's such a hard conversation to have. And it was, I think, a month before you told me, you're like, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for thinking of me. And we thought of you because we wanted to bring other journalists and uh, along, not necessarily just uh, filmmakers, but other journalists who understand the nature of a story and who are good filmers, who are good videographers. And you're one of those. And so I wanted to bring on someone, and Allison did too, uh, who we trusted. And and you were that person, uh, one of those people, I should say. And so you had said yes right away. And then I think about a month later, you called me and I was just on the walk, on a walk with, with my dog. And you're like, hey, man, I can't go. I'm like, that's okay. What's what's going on? What's up? And that's when you, you dropped the news that mm-hmm. you had kidney failure. And my heart sunk. I know just how important it is for you to be active with your family, to want to see friends, to film, to produce creative content, and to live the life that you want to live. And you having this um, disease that you really didn't know much about at the time and we're just mm-hmm. learning about in the fear of potentially having COVID and being hospitalized to it turning to kidney failure, it just broke my heart for you as your friend. Wow. Wow. And so, you know, eventually I talked about like, I needed a donor. Like I didn't know, I didn't know everything, but it was at the point where I had stage five kidney failure. There's no stage six. There's no stage seven. It's like stage five. It's like category five. That's it. Um, and I told you this and I said, I needed a donor. Was it at that point where you were thinking about it or what was the exact moment where you were like, Hey, um, I want to throw my hat in the ring. Yeah, it was around that moment. Um, it took, it took some time though. It took about a year because I think that was, I want to say in the fall. So it was a couple months afterwards when, when you started and and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it was when you started better understanding Mm -hmm. what those next steps were. And so at that time, we we hadn't gone to Kilimanjaro. Our our uh, adventure, our filming had took a pause. We had to postpone the trip, and so we were still in you know training mode in the sense physically, but also uh, still filming and still filming this this documentary. And so we. At that time, I couldn't just donate a kidney because there was so much going on with with our company and with filming this documentary that we, at this point, had spent a year on, uh, about a year on, through research and then through six, seven, eight, nine months of filming at that point. And so we still had a very large shoot, and then we're planning for filming after Kilimanjaro, no matter what happened there. And so we... I just couldn't. I put my. I I had applied um, through the the donor list that you had sent to me. I never heard anything back initially, and then uh, I just left it. And then we would just talk on a daily basis or almost a daily basis about where where you were, where the donations were, and then you started talking about being on dialysis. And that was a that was a kick to the heart, man, or a kick to the stomach, both. 
because I understand that from from familial ties about what dialysis does. It stabilizes, right? But it also affects you long term and it's and it affects the rest of your body physically and mentally. And so that's really that's when I knew definitively, okay, I need to donate if we're a match and I need to start being a little more proactive within this process, but I need to get to December of 2022 for that to happen because that's when I knew that I was taking a step back from filming as much. My filming was slowing down. We had just gotten back from Kilimanjaro. I was in Charlotte for a month filming afterwards. And so, and then I, I, I was buying a house, purchasing a house at that point. And so I knew afterwards that I could give this as much attention as possible. Thinking it would only take a couple months, not realizing that we would be um, 13, 14 months into the process at, at the time when, uh, when, when we could potentially have a match. No, no, and definitely that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was basically that time frame of obviously um, you have a life too. It's not like you're just sitting around doing nothing. You're traveling. Like you said, you're buying a house. That's stressful. Uh, <laughs> um, this wasn't on the uh, rundown, but what was more stressful? Um, all the kidney tests or trying to buy a house in California? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, is it close? I, I here's the, the God's honest truth. That's buying a home. Okay. Because yeah. it's because it's it's a. If I was looking at. I I wanted a specific house. I wanted to mm-hmm. find the right neighborhood. I wanted to be near the grid, which is what we call the downtown midtown section in in Sacramento. I have so many interests. And so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, I could have a townhouse as long as I have some balconies and that'd be great. I don't need as much space or, oh, well, I have a dog, so I want to have her have a backyard. And how big does that backyard have to be? And how far away do I want to go and how much money is, is a home and how many bedrooms? And will I have a, an office for my full time job and, uh, for working from home and then separate that from uh, working in the document uh, with uh, our films and, and our documentary company because I was balancing both. They would both be in my bedroom, so I wanted to separate that from my sleeping space to have mm. an actual office space, and then to separate them completely to have one that's specific and then one that's uh, documentary film based. And so I was looking at all of those factors. Whereas with with kidney donation, at least for me in my experience, even though it took a long time. It was just it was getting tests. It was mm-hmm. it was the outreach and just checking in or having them check in with me with the uh, living uh, kidney coordinators, uh, kidney donor coordinators, excuse me, and just taking the tests as much as possible. The only stressful moment came in July of this year. For our listeners that don't know, what happened in July? So my I had just left my full time job at the end of May. Mm-hmm. So insurance was done. Um, and then in the June, July time frame, we were at probably what seemed like the last test. So to back mm-hmm. up a little bit, uh, I was working through Jefferson. And the idea was for me to travel and fly back to Philadelphia from California and to have both of our surgeries that day mm-hmm. or within hours from each other if we were matches. And so 
uh, by the summertime, we were June, July ish. We were in the same, um, we were in this final, like the final countdown with tests. And there was, it was a, a big grouping of tests and Jefferson hospital had sent me, uh, some, uh, testing kits and I would just have to find anyone who could or a particular office or through my doctor to go get some scans. And unfortunately, any of the places that I talked to, they did not accept third party. That's how it was Mm -hmm. done because I'm not in Philadelphia. So that particular system, whether it was doing blood work or anything else would go through Jefferson, they would build Jefferson. They wanted to bill me first, and I didn't have insurance at the time. And so then instead of billing my insurance to then go build Jefferson, it was billing me for me to then go build Jefferson. And I couldn't afford it at the time, and it was just a frustrating process. So it was almost – we had to stop for a little bit because mm-hmm. I didn't have insurance. I, w- I, I was working two jobs, my company and uh, my full-time job, but then leaving that full-time job, I lost insurance. And so – we had to stop. And then Jefferson had the idea of working directly with one of the hospital systems out here, UC Davis, to continue this process. And the, probably the most stressful point was through them right after that, that, or the second most stressful point was they had to restart all these tests. We're six months into this, right? We started in December of 2022, this is now June, July, so six, seven months into it, I'm like, we already did this. Can't you get those tests from Jefferson, all that blood work and everything, and we just go from that point? Like, my friend's on dialysis. We need to see if we're a match. They're like, yeah. no, we got we to gotta start this from, from square one, and we do this differently than Jefferson. So what may be step three, four, five for them, maybe step two for us, and it's just uh, mixed up a little bit. And so better understanding that I was like, okay. And so we started over and then we're here today now. So during that time, I know that was frustrating for you as it was definitely for me. Um, what was your like biggest, did you have any like fears during it? Like that they would be rejected or what type of fears did you have going during that time? That's a good question. It's a really good question. I think... I had two fears. One fear was that your health condition was going to take a turn for the worse. You don't talk about your health condition as much. Like we, we talk and we talk a lot and, and you'll be honest with me if you're having a bad day, but most of the time you're like, look, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not as tired as I should be. Like you look at life extremely positively. It's a great character trait. And I'm so proud of you for, for, for looking at it as best as possible for such a difficult and tough, tough diagnosis. So I wasn't there, but I was worried that, you know, your health could take a turn for the worse. That can always happen. And I was also, I also had the fear of, well, what happens if, we're not a match because we had talked at some point, like this is a possibility. This is a big possibility that we may not be a match. We may not be compatible. Would I consider donating my kidney 
and going through that process to then have someone else potentially donate to you. And that allows you to, I can't think of the name right now, but that allows you that whole process, but that allows you to um, move up on the kidney donor list. And it's something I was thinking about, but I ultimately, I wanted, I don't, I don't know if I would have gone through with that because I wasn't sure when you would get a kidney still because it wouldn't have been immediate. It could have been immediate, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's unknown if, if, if it would have been immediate and if you would have had to wait a week, a month, another year, two years, what does that look like? And, and I wanted to get into this process to be able to donate to you. So it was something that was like a, a, a left open question that I still have no idea, but those were my two biggest fears. Yeah. I mean, you know, you like doing more research about it and, you know, health can turn, you know, it is draining going through dialysis. Um, you know, the emotional toll of it, the mental toll of just not knowing, I think that was for me, um, just the scariest part. Cause I was like, if you weren't a viable candidate, I, I didn't have a backup, you know? So it was really like, Hey, like Cody, this kind of needs to work out. And I mean, luckily it did. I mean, that's why we have the podcast, but you know, either way, I do appreciate your friendship and even you know, going through that, I mean, this was such a process where I originally thought that, Hey, maybe this will be like four to six months and we'll be done. And then when you signed up, I thought it'd be even shorter and it just, it wasn't, I mean, just, you know, the pandemic, I was going through surgeries and stuff that needed to happen. So, um, you know, or procedures that needed to happen. So, um, that was, that was scary. I mean, it's been a scary time but I'm just trying to stay positive. You know, I gotta, I gotta stay positive, you know, a lot going on. So, and I, I, I had it in the back of my head. I'm like, if he's signing up that he's gotta be a match. I didn't, I didn't think that we'd get to the one yard line and, you know, fumble. Right. All the numbers were coming back well and they were starting mm-hmm. to line up, but we never knew until towards the end when they're like, okay, now you're going to take this, take this test. And, and see if you were compatible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I'm like, and then, and then that week when we were talking too, because it had been a week from the time that they, that I took the test and it, and it got back to Jefferson until I got the call from my living kidney uh, donor coordinator. And you and I would be texting like, Hey, anything, anything on your end? Nope. Nothing on your end. Nope. It's like, okay, well maybe we're not a match, right? They said they accepted the, um, <laughs> the package. They accepted, uh, whatever, um, uh, tests that I had just done and sent over to them. What, what happens? Are they, are they now seeing if there's a uh, match right away for, for you from someone else? And then I'm can be a match for another person. Why is this taking so long? And then finally, when, when I got that call, it was just a sense of relief, right? Like, it's like, okay, we have, we have a plan in place and we know what's, what's going to happen next, which is, surgery which is a which is a donation which is something that you've been waiting for since your diagnosis and since they said that you can be a candidate for a kidney donation and um and and that you would need one being in stage five yeah and i think one of the 
other things that uh, you, t- you talked about earlier was just the process of it. Like I originally thought my family's like, well, how does it happen? Is, is Cody flying here? Do you have to go out there? I don't know. And then finally, uh, when you called and we're like, Hey, um, <laughs> like, Hey, we're a match. And I was just like speechless. I was sitting at my desk, I was working on something and it was just like the best news ever. It's yeah, I, it was, it was one of those instantly after mm-hmm. hearing from my coordinator, I texted you. I didn't want to call you because you may have been working, uh, with family, with yeah. your wife, with your daughter. And so I just wanted to make sure that you were free. I'm like, Hey, do you have some time? I got a, a I got something for you. Oh. And so you're like, yeah, 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 just give me a call. And I'm like, all right, so uh, just found uh, out from the coordinator, and we're compatible. <laughs> You're just, I'm sure, I'm sure it was the, like you said, a sense of relief, just, you know, yes. joy, just every single emotion just going through mm-hmm. at that time. Because, again, it had been so long. It had been, it felt long for me, and I know it felt even longer, 10 times longer, because this has been your reality for years now. I think I was initially diagnosed in um, March of 2021. We're approaching 2024. If this podcast is released in 2024, you know, certain things have changed in my life. Certain things haven't. Uh, I have a daughter. The Sixers still haven't made out the second round. (laughs) (laughs) The things that change, things that stay the same. (laughs) It's been a heck of a journey. And I think the other thing that we can't discount is the time difference. For me being in the Philly, Jersey area, you being in California is like, do I text you at like 9 a.m.? And like, have you heard anything or do I wait till 12? Yeah, there's times where I get a text. It's like 530. I'm, I'm waking up and it's 830 on your end. And I'm like, just waking up. I'm like, oh, it's Alan. All right. I got to answer this. Here's, here's a tweet. Here's the tweet yeah. you missed. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, this one could have waited. <laughs> Are there parts that you wish you knew before this all started? about the donor process, about any of it? All of it. I wish I had a better understanding of what a, what the registry, the donor registry looked like, what the um, registry for you as a recipient looked like, how long this process would take for you, how long this process would take for anyone who wanted to donate. I think it's just everything. Right, because you're 33, gonna be mm-hmm. 34 next year, and you were 31, 32 when mm-hmm. you were diagnosed, and that's something that we don't think about, right? Just as 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 people in our early 30s trying to navigate the world, navigate life, that this would fall into our life at that time Mm -hmm. a diagnosis the need for a donation and wanting to be there for a friend and donate if able to and if if a match so any education would have been great learning about it growing up learning about the potential of life-changing events, right? Like we've all had life-changing events at this point, whether it's loss of a family member, loss of a friend, um, 
needing surgery or knowing someone who needs surgery, a life-saving surgery, whether it's a family member, whether it's um, a friend, whether it's yourself. But you're never, you never get used to that. And, and then you don't, and then every situation's a little bit different, right? Like mm-hmm. um, getting a quintuple bypass, which my father got, is much different than um, my mother's diagnosis when I was younger uh, of catamenal epilepsy and misdiagnosis that she had for years before she was diagnosed and understanding that to your diagnosis of kidney failure in stage five in your young, in your early thirties and what that means and what it means to potentially donate a kidney. Wow. So did that play any part in you wanting to help in this situation? I think so. Okay. Okay. I think so. It played a part. I don't know how much of a a part it would be. It would, it, it did play, right? Mm-hmm. It's not something mm-hmm. that I thought about. Okay. I think okay. it's just the way I was raised. I think it was just some of the lived experiences that I've had in life. So it's obviously played a part because my mother was diagnosed when I was young and when she was young and then passed away when she was young. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that for me is why I got into the career that I got into, why I got into journalism, mm-hmm. why I did social mm-hmm. justice work, communications, why I'm in film. And all of that leads to a place and it definitely played a role, right? Like it's, I'm just not sure how big of a role it played. Okay. Probably could have played okay. a major role. It's just not something that I thought about. Okay, so I know you said more education, but is there, for people that, listen to this and say, wow, to have such an impact in someone's life, I want to do that. Um, what would you tell someone that's thinking of it or they're saying no, but they're kind of maybe leaning more to maybe I do want to donate an organ to someone in need. What's your reason, right? Like, like think through that question, process through that question. What's your reason for doing it? Is it for a close family member? Is it for a close friend? Is it for a distant relative? Is it for someone that you grew up with, but you've lost touch with in life and and you heard their story? Or is it because you want to leave a lasting impact and you're healthy enough to donate right now? Like, what's your reason for doing it? And once you get to that point, make sure that you work through any fears or concerns that you have, right? Fears of, of surgery, fears of of the what ifs like what if what if i'm not a match for someone or what if i cannot deal with with blood work or, or needles or mm-hmm. something like that like get like like work through all of that before you get to a place make sure that you're physically and emotionally and mentally okay and then go through that process it's a it's it's an important one it's a it's a it's a life-saving process, donating a kidney, donating um, a vital organ. Well, Cody, I, I want to wrap this up right now, just uh, giving you your flowers and just telling you, thank you. This means the world to me. It's been um, a long journey. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Are you nervous? Not really. Really? I, You're no. just kind of like... No, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, we've we're we're at the 
we're we're at the 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 you can see the light at the end of the tunnel right like mm, it's weird it's it's weird right like it's like throughout this process like i said you've been just so positive that it's made this easier for me like mm. like there are risks this can be super fearful like there is surgery that is going to for both of us there's a recovery period mm-hmm. but it's but to me that's that's the easy part like i have the easy part here You've you've gone through the ringer the last couple of years, and this and anything that I can do to get you to a place where you're healthy, you're happy. There's no fear there for me. That's deep. That's deep, man. Um, but seriously, I I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I, I mean, I don't. Too, my friend. I didn't think that um, you know, we were sitting in that. 2014 Nissan Rogue traveling to Dover, Delaware, or wherever <laughs> we were going. Didn't Up and down the be... Delmarva Peninsula. <laughs> Did not think we would be here, but um, man, that's it means so much to me and, and my family, uh, my friends, uh, my colleagues at work. Uh, you know, it's, it's given me more time to be with everyone. I got so I, I thank you for it. Of course.